light of the world, the reason for Christmas Day. We've been trying to remind ourselves of that all month as we keep lighting these candles, as we keep lighting up the trees, as we keep lighting up our houses um, and relighting up our houses as they break and stop working and climbing back up those ladders and getting back through that tree and all the fun stuff we do. It's all for one reason, at least it's supposed to be, to remind us that he is the light of the world. And that's why he came in the way that he did. And this morning we want to focus just for these few minutes on Jesus, the light of love. When we see that manger, we should think God loves us. When we read the rest of the Christmas story, we should remember that God loves us. When we see the cross, right now we see it right next to the star. We see these signs, we see these symbols. We remember that God loves us. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. As we focus again, just for these few minutes, on Jesus, the light of love. Love is often described in two different ways. The love of Christ, I should say, is described in two different ways. On one side of this coin of the love of Christ is his grace. On the other side of it is his mercy. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, helps us to see his love in, the, in terms of grace. The word of God says this, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? You know that? You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? If not, here's a, here's a little reminder of what, of what it is. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's his grace. That's a picture, an angle on his love. That though he was rich, and, and remember, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Everything that was created was created through him. Speaking about Jesus. He was there. He was in eternity past when, when all the creating took place. In, in fact, he was the creator. He was in, the, in sharing the glory of God with the Father and the Spirit, all together, three in one. When you talk about riches, you can't get richer than that. And when you think about poverty, you can't get much poorer than this. Some of us think we've had it bad at times, wealth-wise, poverty-wise. None of us were laid in this first, no matter how bad it was. None of us started out in this, but he did. To get us started, to, to help us understand right off the bat, he was rich but he became poor so that we 
through his poverty. And, and that wasn't the beginning, that was only the beginning of his poverty. His poverty ended there. And, and we don't get to see the whole picture with this empty cross. We, we don't get to see his naked body, his naked, bloody, beaten body hanging on that cross. We don't get to see that. That is the ultimate expression of poverty, especially knowing where he began, where he came from. You can't say he began. Because he has always been the I am that I am. But he became poor so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. Did you hear that? That we might become rich. And he's not talking about our portfolio. The person who is only rich through his or her portfolio, through his holdings, through her, through her wealth, through her, through her money, through her real estate, the person who is only rich in that way is going to find out very soon that they're very poor. But the person who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ becomes rich because he became poor. That's his grace. We didn't deserve that. But he gives us his greatest. Some people have, have used the four the, or the five letters of the English word grace to help describe it. Listen to this. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. Jesus bought this for us. That's his grace. That's an expression of his love. Let's also look at his mercy. Again, Romans chapter 5, we've looked at that a number of times this month as we've been going through the lights of Jesus. But look at chapter 5, starting with verse 1. We're not going to look at this whole section, but I just want to highlight a section of it that helps us understand his mercy as it describes his love for us. Chapter 5, verse 1 of Romans says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. Now remember, he's talking about people here, writing this to people who have received Jesus. That's how he can say so boldly that we have been justified through faith. He knows that the people that are reading this letter have expressed their faith in Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about this and we spoke of the light of peace. Through whom, speaking of Jesus, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you hear who he died for? The ungodly. Very rarely will someone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. And you... Some of you may have done, have seen this in your, in your own life, where, where, some, where, where somebody that you know died for somebody else. You know, 
knocked somebody out of the way of a, of a speeding car or something, got hit themselves or, or, or these kind of things. You, you hear of that every once in a while. And so here the apostle Paul says, it happens sometimes. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for good people. He didn't die for righteous people. He died for sinners. Then verse 9 says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Because remember the truth, Romans 6.23 reminds us, the wages of sin is death. And the death that he's speaking of is at the wrath of God that he's speaking of here. He says, for if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know what we deserved? Death. The wrath of Almighty God. That's what every single one of us deserved. Now, you look around here. Go ahead. Some of you are wondering who that was behind you anyway. Take a peek. I'm giving you permission. This is a pretty good-looking group of, of, of folks. You don't look that bad to me. But to God, before you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you haven't received him yet, to God, you look like a rebellious, calloused, heinous sinner, lawbreaker, selfish, and on and on and on it goes. Because that's who we were or who we are if we don't know Christ. That's who we were before we met Christ. But God's mercy says even though you deserve his wrath, I'm going, God, I'm going to put my wrath on my own son, the Lord Jesus, when he dies on the cross. That's what he did. And he did that for us knowing that we deserve, because the wages of sin is death, we deserve his wrath. And so the justice of God, and remember, God is just. The justice of God requires that he pay that sin with his wrath, with death. That's why Jesus had to go to the cross. This was not... This was not an optional kind of thing. There, there wasn't another way. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, do you remember when he prayed? Father, and this was as it's coming down the stretch now. And remember, he came as John 1.14 says, he came and dwelt among us for a while. The word became flesh. This is almighty God in our flesh knowing that he's about ready to go through the worst thing that anybody's ever had to go through or will ever go through as he's getting ready to bear the sins of the world in his own body. 
He said, Father, if there's another way, let's do it. Yet not my will, but yours be done. He was speaking there as our brother, as our fellow human, fully God, fully man, as our fully man brother. He was saying, is there another way to do this? Let's not, do, let's, let's not go through the plan, but not what, what my flesh is crying out for right now, but your will be done. There were no options. There's only one way. The wrath of God must be poured out on the sin that we have done against God and all of our sin is against him. And so Jesus went to that cross expressing his mercy for us. We deserved what he was getting. We deserve that. All, every single one of us because of our sinfulness, because of our rebellion against him. And every single one of us know what we've done. And it's hard to think about sometimes, but it's great to think, to remember as we said, as, as Mark read from Psalm 103, and you remember hearing it, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. That's a great thought. But he only did that because he had a place to pour out his wrath. And that was on his son, Jesus expressing again his love through mercy one of my favorite memories as is of a parent as my kids were young um was that was the time that uh, william and rebecca were fighting in the bathtub and i know you can't think of them as that but um they were fighting splashing making a mess and i and i'd already given them their fair warning and i went back in i said okay stand up hands on the wall and I had my Home Depot paint stick, and I was going to um, exercise some wrath on those heinies. And 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 William started yelling, "Mom, help us!" And I'm I'm starting to laugh. And I take my stick and I just brushed them. I mean, I just barely tapped them. And Rebecca said, "Did yours hurt?" And he said, be quiet. Like I didn't know what I had just done. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of my mercy. They deserved it, but they didn't get it. We deserved it. We deserved it, but we didn't get it. And that is his mercy. It's an expression of his love by pouring out his mercy in our lives. And there's one more verse or passage I want us to look at very briefly before we close this morning that reminds us of the scope of this grace and mercy, this love of God expressed to us in Jesus Christ and beginning at Christmas. And it's one that you may not have to turn to, but go ahead anyway. You need to sometimes remember that it's in the Bible, John 3.16. Many of you have this memorized and, and haven't read it in a long time because you have it memorized. But look with, look with me at John chapter 3, verse 16. John 3:16. For God so loved, remember we're speaking of the light of love. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For God so loved the world. And aren't we glad? You know, I love the, I love the, the narrative when the angels come to Mary and Joseph. Gabriel to Mary and an, an angel to Joseph in a dream. And one of the things that the angel communicated to them and, and what he said specifically to, to, to Joseph in, in, the, in Matthew's account is you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now his people's talking about Israel. And I'm so glad that when he said Israel, he was also talking about the Gentiles, the non-Israelites, who were also going to put their trust in him and then be, as the Apostle Paul puts it, engrafted us in to Israel. I'm so glad that his salvation, I'm so glad that his work I'm so glad that when he came, even though he came in Bethlehem, according to the scripture, the Old Testament said he was going to do this, that he came into Bethlehem in Judea, in Israel, and was born. And when he died outside Jerusalem, in Israel, that he didn't, do, he didn't only do that for his children, Israel, but also for his other sheep that were from another pen, as he put it in the Gospel of John. The Gentiles, the people who, who were further away from God even than the Israelites. People like us. And people still all around the world, still in places that the word of God still hasn't gotten to. That the name of Jesus still isn't known. That he did this work for everyone no matter where they live, no matter what their race, no matter what their socioeconomic level, no matter what their gender. He did this for everyone, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, regardless of all those other things, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so the scope of this grace and mercy by which God demonstrates his own love is not just for a specific group of people. It's for all kinds of people everywhere. And that includes us. And we praise his name this morning. That the work that he did beginning at Christmas, coming into this world, express, beginning to express his poverty through his birth, that what he did, he did for the Israelites, as Paul put it in, in Romans 1, for the Jews first, and then the Gentiles. Praise God, it's for both. Praise God, it's for all that everyone who believes will be saved. It's believing in Jesus that matters. Believing in this one that God sent into the world because of his great love for us. Now, as I was explaining in, in talking to the children about, God is great at demonstrating his love. He says it and he does it. Our first move, if you don't know Christ, if you haven't received Christ, your first move in showing God your love for him is to obey his word. As the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, obey the gospel. 
The gospel is this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Begin loving God by believing in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you haven't, I can't commend anything better than that for you to do. Because that is the thing that will give you life. That is the thing that will give you forgiveness of sins. That is the thing that will give you the promise of everlasting eternal life. Knowing where this life is headed. All of us know that. All of us know where these bodies are going. They're, they are in, in fast, in some cases, rapid decay. But there's hope for us because of Jesus. Believe in him. Don't let this Christmas season go by. Don't let today's lighting of the candle of the light of love, don't let it go by without you receiving the love of God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by believing in his name, Jesus, the salvation of the Lord. And may those of us who know him express that love that he's given us, not only in obedience to him, but also in sharing that love with others. Even the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ during this Christmas season, as we will do tonight when we go together over to the Oaks, sharing with that, con with that group of people the love of Christ. We do that individually too with all those that he places us around, with all those in our families who don't know him, with all those at work who don't know him, with all those in school and, and in our neighborhoods that, that we get to know, that they would know from us what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for your love. Your love is so amazing, it's, it's hard for us to even put the concepts into words. But we thank you for explaining it to us through your grace, through your mercy. We thank you for your patience. And we pray that we would come to grips with this grace and mercy as we continue to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus, our Savior. And we pray for those who are still thinking about him, still thinking about whether they can really believe it. We pray, Father, that you'll help them by the power of your spirit Help them to believe in Jesus, your only provision for our rebellious sin against you. Your only provision for your wrath. We thank you for what you've done for us in Christ. We pray that you'd fill us now with your, with your Holy Spirit, that we might live in the light of the love that you have for us by expressing that love to each other in our families, to each other in the context of the body of Christ, and that people would see Jesus through our love because the love that we have finds its source in the light of love, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray, amen.